Hello and welcome to the podcast. It is Coach Martin Manila here from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. I'm here to help you look at your life, perhaps decide where you want to go next. If you're using English as a second language, how can you sound better? Maybe access jobs in an international market, or maybe you're a native speaker, but you don't feel that you can convey yourself in an appropriate manner when it comes to interviews, public presentations, or just speaking in front of your team members. All of these things and more we discuss in the podcast. And of course, I can give you coaching one-to-one. Um, it's on a very limited basis these days, but you can hop over to ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com or Initial-Impact.com. Book yourself a money-back guaranteed session with me there. And if you don't find you've had any benefit in that first 60 minutes, I refund fully what you've paid, less the credit card or debit card processing payment fees, because I don't get to keep those either. So you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, now, today I'm going to be speaking and podcasting about mental health a little bit more and conflict. Um, this is something that we all have to manage from time to time, some of us more than, than others, it seems, in our lives. Um, and conflict is never pleasant for either party or multiple parties, if it's more than one or two of you there. Um, let's talk about knowing when you need to take a time out, okay, to think before you act. And also, reasons not to defend yourself when you feel attacked. We're going to talk about that too. Now, um, these these kind of thoughts of mine um, and considerations, I'm going to be speaking around other people's thoughts on it as well. They come with a bit of a caveat, a bit of a warning before we get into this. And this is that if you happen to be struggling with or the person that you're having some of these issues with has any kind of um, mental health disorder, maybe like. Uh, PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder, and bipolar, side effects of medications, uh, you know, sort of a narcissistic personality issue, a borderline personality issue, then this can be um, a challenge um, to implementing these strategies I'm going to talk about here. It's not saying it's not possible, but usually some counselling will be required to support one or both of the partners. Um, if this is a factor in the relationships, whether it be personal or professional. Okay, so let's just talk about this briefly here and go through it. All right. So look, many people know that it's important to time out at times before majorly bad things are said or done in a conflict. All right. You don't want to escalate it. Um, however, when it comes to kind of these exchanges with our personal partners, it seems that for some reason, um, we seem incapable of stopping that. Um, you know, adrenaline often run, runs high for both parties. And it can seem, in, if your relationship's like this, that there is a need to always have the last word or to say the last thing or to make a bit of a sharp comment back. And if you are in that type of relationship, um, and you've got to be careful it's not turning into the more abusive territory here, because uh, that's a different conversation altogether. Well, it can be the, as we say, the last straw, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, meaning that then everything just blows up, all right? And it, it really is a problem. Now, the key in all of this is to understand when your amygdala, that's like your little alarm center in your brain, and the pituitary gland and the hippocampal and the adrenal glands, they all work together to basically ramp you up into that fight or flight kind of sensation where, you know, you're, you're breathing and your heart rate changes and you feel very hot, you've got a drowned mouth and headache, okay? Um, these things, okay, are the things that we want to try and notice um, before they really ramp up too far. Now, as I've just mentioned, it can be very difficult to do that. With complex post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, 
that switch, that amygdala switch for alarming is set at such a high sensitivity, usually because of repeated trauma, that it can just be tripped for very little reason. So think of it like a very oversensitive fire, fire alarm, right? Okay, smoke alarm. And you even just have to like light a match in your kitchen and the thing's going off, right? It's not really helpful. Um, this is why it can be extremely challenging. So we're not talking about those situations today where you might have um, some sort of issue like that or the other person does. We're just talking about work a day, every day, okay, standard situations here. So, um, you can re-engineer a little bit of where you direct your attention, but it takes a lot of practice. And I'm not saying this is easy at all. Heavens knows it's not easy, right? Okay. But often you may find in a, a heated discussion or argument, maybe with your partner, you're thinking, you know, how could she be oh so, so uncaring about how I feel? Um, why are they ruining this, this occasion? You know, um, and these are all the questions that are not helpful and are starting to alarm what's going on in your brain. Now, if you can redirect the attention to like how you feel and your own thinking, okay, then you may find that that helps you because instead of looking at what your partner's doing and their behaviors and whatever, try to look inward instead, okay? It takes some doing. Um, there's some great proverbs out there, isn't there, you know, about let he without sin cast the first stone um, and don't point out the speck in your partner's eye without looking at the plank of wood in your own. That's another one. That's a good expression. Basically meaning we're so keen to point out tiny little faults with others while we've got massive faults of our own. Okay. We often have this expression as well, good ESL practice. And um, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Now, what that means, uh, back in the very good old days where everything was on a very, um, like, how can I put it, used to use an iron stove to cook on, right? You didn't have electricity, and it was a stove made of iron, cast iron, that was always painted black. It was like black paint on it, right? Leading. And um, basically, it used to be, you know, heat everything up on it, right? And, of course, all your pots and pans were black, right? Okay, because they were also from on this black lead kind of stove and the point i'm making here is this that yeah basically it's the pot which is black calling the kettle black right it's ridiculous it's like it can't realize it's ironic it's also black so don't be pointing out the faults of other people because you've got faults of your own right okay and that's really important to consider okay and judge not lest ye be judged Okay, so if we look at our internal physiological states, we're looking at our breathing and heart rate changing, um, feeling electricity maybe tingling in our head or our body, you might be clenching your teeth or your hands, you might feel rather strange, like you've got tunnel vision, uh, your head is spinning, you might feel kind of frozen and numb, okay, and these are all very similar actually to PTSD symptoms. <laughs> um pacing waving hands you know raising your voice leaning towards your partner sometimes you know we can get to the point of where people are literally pounding tables and walls which is then it's gone way too far okay that is abusive so that that is not acceptable and um, but it can happen particularly if you're dealing with somebody with mental distress so remember we've got to be sure what is happening here than just classing this as somebody being abusive but in general these are the physiological changes that you will feel when you have been triggered to the point where you're going to lose this. And also your attention might be going to thinking things such as, I'm out of here, I can't do this any longer, I'm done, um, feeling rather powerless, um, 
thinking about how you can tell your partner they started this or how they did it worse than you, okay? Um, acting and feeling like a victim and that you're innocent of what your partner thinks, that you're totally misunderstood, feeling offended even, you know, like I didn't have, you know, any intention to harm my partner. How could they think this? And, and all of these things, you will have a whole list, right? Okay. And these are all understandable reactions of when they are that complex, you know, that system in your head, the amygdala, pituitary, hippocampal, adrenal gland complex ramps up and goes into overdrive. These are all the things that happen usually in a split second. If you've got complex post-traumatic stress disorder, it can happen very, very fast. And um, quite frankly speaking, is sometimes a reason just to think that, yeah, you're better off staying away from everybody. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, nothing short of really um, kind of giving up the need to try and control this, this situation with your partner will allow you to take the time out, though. Okay? You've just got to be prepared to say, you know what? I shut my mouth. Okay. And just stop saying things because it will prevent a lot more damage to the relationship. Now, it'd be very hard to do this unless you've got experience with taking and practicing time out. So it's important that you try to practice this on small disagreements at first, at least a couple of times a month. And it's a bit like a regular practice you get into to develop that habit of when you need to take time on very small disagreements. So even the ones where you're not feeling this triggered, do it anyway. Just, just say, you know what, I think we need to take a break here and come back to this later. Let's discuss it when we're calmer, right? And that can really help you um, rather than escalating it. In that way, no one's giving up um their kind of their will to excessively over big big issues so this is why it makes it less threatening remember there's not one human being myself included who wants to sort of stop trying to manage threatening situations by controlling without a level of trust that it will work out better if we try this strategy so you've got to be willing to be prepared to see that your usual style of approaching it has often failed then you're ready to try something new. So this will really work for you if everything you've always tried in the past does not work. It makes the problem harder or longer or wrecks relationships. Then you might be ready to think, okay, I'm prepared to try a different technique on the small level stuff first. See if it works better then. If it does, then maybe you can be persuaded to try it at the bigger stuff, right? Okay. Um, as I said at the beginning, if you can't do this, there are obviously many reasons why might not um, could be mental health issues um, some sort of medication other issues that need some counseling to go with it all right but when we look at it um, it's important that you can stop arguing much sooner because the sooner you stop arguing or the sooner you stop a conflict at work the quicker is you can then start to work on the solutions okay that's what you're really there to do once you've got a disagreement it's about how do we resolve it do you do resolve it or not um, and this leads me into defending yourself when you feel attacked. There are some good reasons not to defend yourself when attacked. Now, when I mean that, I mean not physically, I mean verbally, right? So if a partner or someone at work says something that offends you and that you are certain they're completely wrong, you know, lying, inappropriate, you really do have a decision, a choice as to how you respond that gives you actually many times the power of just defending yourself, right? But the question is, is how do you not defend yourself, especially when you know that you've got a misunderstanding here or that perhaps that person is being a bit dishonest, okay? 
Um, and you may think it's more efficient and helpful to interrupt them, to inform them um, of this awareness or explanation. Okay. Um, but you've got to ask yourself, how does that interrupting habit work for you at the moment? You see, if you interrupt somebody mid-flow, I don't know what you find, but in general, we tend to find it just makes it worse because the other person feels not listened to and invalidated, right? So if you defend yourself, okay, first, there are probably three things that will happen. Firstly, you don't get what you want. Things usually get worse. Yeah. The second thing that can happen is explaining or defending first makes the other think that they're invalidated, that you're not accountable and don't care about their experience. Okay. And the third thing is that, you know, look, you can always easily explain or defend yourself after you've listened and connected with the other person for at least two to four minutes. So the point I'm saying is I'm not saying don't explain or defend yourself, but listen first for two to four minutes. And that can be really hard, right? Okay. Um, if you interrupt first, as they're making their initial complaint, your view loses its power if you've interrupted them first. So it's hard, I know, particularly if you suffer from certain conditions like, say, anxiety, PTSD, it, you can get so easily triggered to defend yourself. So this is why you may end up feeling like you're always on the losing end of this spectrum. Um, and it's about trying to listen to the other person first, if you can, for at least two to four minutes, then you can give your point of view after you've listened and connected. So the same with like a client at work or a customer, um, your boss, even if you think it's bang out of order, that's a good expression. It means literally totally inappropriate and really unjustified and you feel hurt, let them vent it anyway. And then, then you can go into explaining or defending yourself if you feel that that's the appropriate strategy. Okay. So if you think about your actual experience with interrupting another, okay, that's a good thing to do. What result does that have? Okay. Um, how does it make you feel when someone interrupts you before you finish? Okay. Because if it makes you feel a certain way, that's exactly what's happening with the other person. And also consider that um, if you could say something, okay, after you've listened all the way through to the other person, okay, um, would you want? To be doing that if you knew that it was going to calm the other person down first to listen to them okay so the biggest habit that destroys many uh, working relationships client relationships even personal relationships and marriages to be fair is becoming defensive whenever there's a problem um, or whenever people are pointing out how you have hurt or offended them um, this kind of has you explaining or interrupting and Unfortunately, the most destructive is not listening. And that is a problem. I know, particularly if you've got things such as PTSD or other things that get triggered quickly, this can be something that is unfairly, but this is what happens, um, part of the problem. So it becomes a vicious cycle. And if you can only listen for about another 10 seconds of it, it would perhaps sometimes solve a problem. Okay. And it certainly doesn't make it worse. But the, the thing can be is the discomfort, the psychological discomfort of having to listen and listen and listen and listen. And listen. Okay. Um, defending and explaining and seeking to be understood before seeking to understand your partner or your boss will definitely usually make it worse. 
This is the thing to understand when it comes to conflicts. The same with your boss or anything else. And um, if you don't understand their point of view, then it can be a bigger problem. Okay, so really, it's best if you can to try and pre-plan your first words to train and prepare for certain situations um, that stops your kind of reptilian brain. That's the instinctive brain, that primal, as I said, fight or flight response from telling you what else to do. Okay, and the difference between a healthy relationship, whether it be your boss or your marriage or, or not, is that you can argue, you still argue, but... Um, they have another skill that many others don't, and that's that habit and skill that help them to navigate the conflict, all right? So it can be very hard for you to do that if you don't know how to go about it. And the essential part of all of this, as I say, is to let the other person speak first. Even though it's hard to listen, let them just say what they have to say, okay? And then after, once you've listened and connected for two to four minutes, then you can put your point forward, okay? The other person feels that they've at least cleared what they wanted to say first. And that is the essential key part here as to why it's not a good idea to defend yourself at first when you feel attacked, okay? And how you can ensure that you can get a timeout when you need to, to manage the situation before it escalates further. I hope this has been helpful, a bit of a 101 for managing conflict. If you have been affected by anything in here or are struggling with these concepts and want to practice it, then feel free to grab yourself a session with myself and we can practice mirroring this kind of thing. Um, also, please spread the podcast far and wide. That would really help me. Um, it's not something I'm able to do freely on many social media platforms because of my own issues, but you could be my hands to do that and put my links up on your social media platforms. If you found my podcast of help, please let others know. Stay safe, take care, and I hope you get your time out today. See you soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast and if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue you providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here so even if you can't afford high level coaching i'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you and of course you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast Put me on your social media, everywhere that you go, tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you soon.